Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Thank you. Have a seat. All right. It's good to be here. <clears throat> this is my second time in Adelaide. And um, I think that your town is beautiful. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's always nice when you get to serve God in like a nice place. You know, you could be living in Melbourne. You know, Melbourne was nice before COVID, wasn't it? It's gotten a pretty strange place at the moment. Um, cool. Well, um, yeah, uh, Pastor Tony uh, about summed it up. Um, I've been married to Jasmine. Jazzy is an Australian. Um, come on. <laughs> She's from Sydney, and uh, we'll forgive her for that. And um, we try to visit as, as often as we can uh, to see her grandparents and her parents. And uh, so that's kind of what we're, we're doing. We're just we're doing the, the family circuit at the moment. And we haven't seen um, family for a couple of years because of COVID and all that. So, uh, so we're hanging out and driving around. We, we went to the Big Banana. I don't know if you've ever been there. I got my picture taken, sent it to my nieces. They went wild. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were in Noosa at the moment. We flew down, and um, or actually, I flew down. I'm flying back up to Noosa because Noosa is special. Um, so we're just hanging out and just loving your country and uh, loving watching this whole Djokovic thing play out. And um, <laughs> it's wild times, dude. It's wild times. So um, I, I want to share um, a message this morning about uh, about worshiping God, um, I think that um, it'll be contextual uh, to some of the challenges I think that we're facing at the moment as Christians, as a church, um, and um, and then we'll just go from there. So uh, let me let me just pray for us, and and then we'll get into this. Is that okay? Okay, Father, I need you, um, and we need you. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you that at the opening of your word, there's shedding of light, and we need your light, God. Uh, we need your light in our life. We want to know what you think, Lord. We want to know you, ultimately. And so we ask, Lord, that as we open your word today, you would speak to us in two ways, corporately, as a body, um, and Father, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, uh, individually, as well. Father, I thank you. Um, that you're greater than, than COVID-19. I thank you that you answer prayer. And Father, if there's people that are infected, I'm sure there are. Um, God, I ask you that you would raise them up in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that you still heal today. I thank you today that your power is still extended towards those who you love. And Father, I just ask you for your healing. God, I ask you that you would break the back of COVID-19 in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that we can ask you bold and audacious prayers. As a church, we rebuke it and we ask you, God, that you would intervene in our world. Uh, we thank you, God, for your power towards those that believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we're allowed to pray really bold prayers, aren't we? Aren't we supposed to? <laughs> okay. I had COVID-19, so I was kind of like involved in that prayer. I got it. It was a, it was a Christmas gift from my father-in-law. 
He, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. I have a cough. I've had it for two weeks since I've had COVID. And I just, so if I start coughing, don't be alarmed. I've tested negative like three times. Um, but it's just there. <laughs> okay. So I'm married to Jazzy. Uh, we've been married for eight years. And um, Tim Keller says that uh, year seven is the year that people get divorced. Uh, we're in year eight, praise God. Um, <laughs> barely. Barely. We're in year eight, barely. Um, no, it's, I mean, marriage is hard. I didn't realize it. I wasn't told this. I, I was told it was bliss. Those were lies. Um, in the words of Charles Dickens, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, <laughs> we're, I think we're doing well. Um, and, um, but it's got, it's got challenges uh, because we're two uh, selfish human beings who are sinful. And that's always going to be a challenge. And um, so we're in year, we're in year eight. And um, year seven, they say, is the year that you get divorced because uh, after seven years, you can, and this is Tim Keller's theory, you can no longer manipulate somebody um, and, you know, keep on pulling the, the wool over their eyes. And they kind of begin to figure out who you really are because dating is just lies. <laughs> and, so, and, and as human beings, we are... Um, we love to control narrative. We're control freaks. And uh, one of the things we, also, we, we do in marriage is we, we project onto each other the idealized spouse. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, uh, she would never marry a man who doesn't like her Nona's spaghetti recipe. Okay? She's like, Why? It's, it's our family recipe. It's been passed down through generations. You know, I would never marry a man who didn't like it. And for seven years, he's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Of course you like it, you know. Year seven, though, it begins to sink in. Oh, my God, he doesn't like it. Who is this man that I've married? <laughs> you know, like, and so, and so, um, so you wake up in year seven and you're like, who are you? And so you have a decision to make. Am I going to stay married to, the, to this person that I don't know? Right? And so that's where we are. We're in year eight. And it's like getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Who are you? Right? Who is this person that I've married? Um, and so <laughs> this is fresh commitment. I'm, I'm paying attention to jazz. Um, I think, I hope, more uh, than I have. And trying to figure out who is this person that I married. Um, Jazzy loves sushi. I'm paying attention to that. Whenever my wife rolls her eyes into the back of her head, it means she likes something. I was having breakfast with her two days ago, and she did the same thing. I started giggling and laughing because I knew I was going to talk about it in front of people. You know, like, it's, it's what you do. When you love something, you... She loves, you know, so, so when she does that, right, I'm just, I'm making notes. Okay, rolled eyes at, you know, a bagel with locks on it, you know. So... I'm paying attention uh, because in, in marriage, I guess, you know, the professionals say that you're supposed to find out what that person likes. You've married people who've been married for a long time. Let me know how I'm doing here. You find out what they like, and then you do what they like. <laughs> right? And, and they say you're not supposed to love somebody the way that you want to be loved. Yeah. Right? But you love them the way that they want to be loved. My, my wife loves avocado on toast. She's Australian. 
Okay? I'm Canadian, and in Canada, toast is essentially garbage. <laughs> Nobody in Canada would get up for breakfast and go, you know what, let's go eat some avocado on toast. You know, like, that's, that's crazy. Uh, we'd go to a, a breakfast spot, like a diner or a truck stop or whatever, and you'd order, you know, the, the breakfast platter, and it comes with Canadian back bacon. We're talking thick bacon, okay? And the stripped bacon as well, the tiny little ones that we like as well. They're, they're brittle and crispy and delicious and salty and wonderful and smoked. And then you'll get maybe some, some links, okay? And then you'll get some, maybe some mushrooms, and you'll get some eggs, and you'll eat that. You'll fill up on the meats, the important stuff. And then you'll take the bread and you'll wipe your mouth with the bread. <laughs> and you'll throw it on the ground because it's trash. <laughs> that's, that's how I think. So I would never think to love my wife with bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. You're like, I'm going to bring home the meats. Bringing home the bacon. It's a saying. It's because we love bacon. Um, and, and, but Jazzy doesn't necessarily want to eat that in, in the morning. She wants to eat avocado toast and she wants to, you know, and so I'm like, I'd, I'd never think, but I love Jasmine and I want to love her the way that she wants to be loved. And so I give her the avocado toast and I'm starting to pay attention. It's not just toast, it's sourdough toast. Okay, it's sourdough. <laughs> These are artesian breads, okay, that we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's advanced science. Okay, so, so they're sourdough. So I'll go to Trader Joe's, which is our grocery store, and, and I'll, okay, sourdough toast, and then I'll find the olive oil that she loves because she likes to drizzle some of that on there, and I'll find an avocado. I've learned about avocados, okay? You, you squeeze them with your thumb to see if your thumb goes right through. It's too ripe. <laughs> If your thumb's not going in at all, it's not ready yet, right? So I'm sitting there like trying avocados like an idiot, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, yeah, you know? I love Jazzy, right? I'll get the salt that she likes, she'll salt bay it up, you know? Getting to know Jazz and, and finding out the details. Okay, that's, that's, that's what you like. I love Jasmine and and if, if, if avocado toast is what she likes, then avocado toast is what she's going to get because I love her and I want to love her the way that... You're hearing me. This is hard work, okay? Um, now, would you agree with me that people have preferences? Right? Like people just, they have, they have personal preferences. And you might not understand their preference. Like I don't understand Jasmine's preference. Um, but I love her. I think it was Oscar Wilde that said that women aren't made to be understood, they're made to be loved. Um, I don't understand her, her choice, okay? But I love her. She has preferences. I shouldn't begrudge her her personal preference. You hearing me? I should just get with the program. You hear me? Yeah. God is a person. He's not an impersonal cosmic force. He's not a vibe. He's a person. And he's a person with preferences. And the Bible is his self-revelation. It's him going, hi, I'm God. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. 
You hear me? Every person has things that they don't like. And every person has things that they like. It's their preferences. And, and the plot thickens. We're in relationship with God. I've been married for eight years. And, I, and, you know, this might sound a little bit cynical and it's sort of a joke. But I'll take a, a religion over a relationship any day. Because relationships are freaking work. That's hard. In a relationship, I, I, don't, I can't just, like, love the person that I want to be. I have to find out who they are, and I have to bend. I have to change. I, you hearing me? You know, you've, have you heard, you know, that religion versus relationship thing where they, we, we compare the two? You know, it's, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. Okay. Oh, you want to be in a relationship with God? Yeah, because I've been in a relationship for eight years. Let me tell you, it, it, you don't get to do everything that you want to do. You hearing me? I, I can't just... You hear me? That's where we're going today. I can't just love God the way I want to love him. I don't get to project onto God. I'm not allowed to do I have to take him at his word. The only way I can find out who he is is if he reveals himself. He's revealed himself in scripture. So I, I read scripture to find out who are you and what do you like. I'm in a relationship with you. I am the benefactor of this relationship. Like I'm the better for being in a relationship with God. Hello. Wouldn't you agree that, like, we're the ones who are winning? He's gotten the raw end of the deal. Right? Like, it's dangerous. He died. He was beaten for you. It's not safe for him to love you. You hearing me? It's painful. But we benefit from this relationship. So, yes, it is a relationship. And in that relationship, right, I, I don't get to do whatever I want. There's a, I think that a lot of times when Christians say, oh, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, what they mean is, you know, buckle up, Lord and Savior, I'm driving. <laughs> We're doing whatever I want, Jesus. <laughs> right? No, no, that's, that's definitely not marriage. Uh, or a marriage that works anyways. Any relationship that works. There's reciprocity, isn't there? Christian worship is giving God the avocado toast. Not giving him what you want. Not serving him the way that you want. Because you're not serving you. You're serving somebody else. That's Christian worship. It's finding out what he likes and giving him the avocado toast. Okay, let's read the Bible. It's kind of important. You ready? We're going to throw it up. How many people brought a Bible? There's like three of you. Come on, Tony. It's killing me right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> How many brought like a digital Bible? There you are. Okay. There you are. Where was the leather-bound people? Like, there's like three of you. People with leather-bound Bibles, they get into heaven. It's a VIP section. There's non-alcoholic cocktails because it's heaven. Kidding. Okay, we, we're going to have the, the, the verses on the screen. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay. I got you covered. We're going to throw it up here, and then we're going to read along. Does that sound good? Okay, here we go. Let's throw the first uh, passage that we have up here. I believe it's Psalm 141. There it is. Okay, this is, uh, uh, this is David. He's, he's 
praying this, this, or he's singing this song. He's writing this song to the Lord. It's called, sort of like a prayer to the Lord. And uh, most scholars believe that he's, um, this is like one of his band on the run songs. He's on the run for his life because this guy named King Saul is trying to kill him. And he is wanting to be near the presence of God, or perhaps um, he's on the run from Absalom, which is probably uh, what happened here. And um, he's wanting to be in the presence of God. He's wanting to be in the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant is. And so he's going, God, I want to worship you, but I'm in the wilderness. I can't be where you are. And so he begins to say, Lord, let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And he begins to pray through the tabernacle furniture. Um, do you guys remember the Ark of the Covenant? It's that gold box. Remember that Steven Spielberg film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? You open it and the Nazis' faces melt off in the end. Yeah. That one, okay. So we got the Ark of the Covenant. It's God's throne room on earth. He's in his green room, the Holy of Holies. Nobody's allowed in, just one priest once a year. There's this thick veil that separates uh, God's green room from the holy place. And on the other side of that veil, there's a table with a bull of incense, like immediately on the other side of this, of this veil. And um, the priests are to burn incense in there perpetually, morning and night. And, um, and so David's going, God, you know, that, you know that furniture that's right outside of your green room? Would my prayers be like that incense? It's, it's right there. I know I can't be in your green room, but I'm literally, I want to be right outside of it. And of course, you know, we, we know that David is writing and he's praying by the Spirit. Jesus tells us that. And that's exactly what's happening. This is a prophetic prayer. And because we see in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saints, right, are incense and they are rising before the throne of God. And so God's going, yes, David, they are. I can smell them and they're, they're delicious. It's like Tom Ford prayers, just incense coming before me. And then he says this, uh, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. As in God, I read your word. I read the, the Torah, the, the, the books of Moses. I know what you like. And I know what you've asked for. And I'm in this relationship with you and I want to give you things that you asked for. I want to show you that I'm in this thing. And so I want to bring to you the avocado toast. But I'm in the wilderness, and I can't bring us like an offering to you of the bulls and goats. Can't do it. It's impossible. I'm not near the altar. But God here in the wilderness, if I lifted my hands to you, would that be like the sacrifice that pleases your heart? And God's going, yes, I love hands. I love them. The Hebrew word uh, for, for uh, hand is yad. And the Hebrew word for praise is yada. Yada just means to wave your hand. Right? The root word of praise is yad. And to yada is just to go like this. You hearing me? Okay, so I, I, got, a, I got three points because I'm a good preacher. And... and um, <laughs> And we're boring and predictable. And so we're going to have three points today. And point number one is God loves Yod. He loves hands. I don't get it. 
It's like avocado toast for me. It's just, I'm not going to try and figure it out though. I love him. And if he likes hands, well, then he's going to get them. It's, it's, the, it's, it's lifting up my hands. It's as the evening sacrifice. It pleases him. You hearing me? Okay, now let's fast forward to uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. This is a book that's written to, to Jewish Christians. Uh, the early church fathers said that the, the, that the book of Hebrews was written in Hebrew. And then it was an, so it was an encyclical letter to Jewish Christians written in, in Hebrew. And then it was translated into the Greek, which makes sense because the Greek is so technical uh, in the book of Hebrews. And, um, and so the, the author is writing here and he's tr trying to instruct these Jewish Christians who are thinking about leaving Jesus because they're kind of feeling like Christianity. It's like it doesn't have all the awesome, you know, paraphernalia and pomp and circumstance that Jewish worship had. And so they're kind of like, yeah, this thing's sort of, it's boring. I don't feel like I'm really doing anything. Like, how do I worship? And so there's some instructions here on worship. And so the, the author is going, guys, you can actually, you can worship. Um, you know, in fact, you, we've received a better priesthood. Um, you know, Jesus is a better priest than the Levites. Don't look at that stuff. Let's, let's focus on some practical things that you can do. And so he says here, through Jesus then, Let's continually offer up a sacrifice, and this would have read a sacrifice of yada to God, but a sacrifice of praise. And where do we, like, where does, let's just stop and think about this, though. Where does sacrifice of praise come from? Well, immediately, as the author would say, a sacrifice of praise, that would be like, oh, Psalm 141. There's, there's Old Testament um, precedent for this first. In fact, it's, it's just literally copied and pasted in Psalm 141. Oh, you mean the lifting of my hands like the evening sacrifice? Yeah. You know how, you remember that verse? Yeah, so do that. David was praying prophetically and saying, that's what you can do. So guys, let's run with that. We have Old Testament precedent. They're going, okay, it's clicking. It's making sense now. Okay, so uh, through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So you see the prayers there and the, and the thanksgiving. You know, offer to God thanksgiving. Uh, that will please him more than, than, than bulls and goats. That's, that's elsewhere in the, in the Psalms. Um, and then do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. Okay, uh, do good, share what I have. Uh, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Okay, let's, let's hit pause on this sermon and, and take a look at that troublesome word sacrifice. Because we're living in the New Testament era, right? Um, and um, so let's talk about sacrifice for a second. So there was, there, there's two categories for sacrifice. There's, there's the once and for all, unrepeatable sacrifice that that was and is Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins, yeah. right? That's, that, that's once and for all. It is finished. No more sacrifices for sin. You hearing me, yeah. right? Would you agree? Yes, I'm, yeah, that's good doctrine. Okay, that's what the, the scriptures teach. So New Testament Christians, we don't sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin because that's been taken care of by the person and work of Jesus Christ. You hearing me? But there are still sacrifices. Not, not for the forgiveness of sin, but because we're in relationship with God and there's things that he loves and we love him and we want to give him the avocado toast. 
You hearing me? So I'm not sacrificing for the forgiveness of sin. I'm actually sacrificing from the forgiveness of sin. I'm, I want to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus lay hold of me. You hearing me? There's things to do, church. You hearing me? Right? Like, now, part of the, part of the reason, you know, what, that we continue to sacrifice is actually it's our job. It's not just, oh, God, I love you, and I'm in a relationship with you, which is important. That's, that's really important. That's part of it, the major part of it. I want to show you that I'm in this thing, right? Like marriage, we understand that. Okay, making sacrifices and showing my wife, hey, I, I love you. I've been paying attention to you. I've found out what you love, and I'm honoring you, and I love you, and I'm paying attention, and I'm in this thing. But it's also my job because I'm a priest. I'm a priest. And priests, that's what they do. Check this out. Let's, let's go to First Peter. First Peter. Uh, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Let's just stop there, but let's leave that passage. Can we leave that passage up, on, on the, on, up there? So um, Peter's saying there's something collective about your calling. Right? Are you seeing that? You're a living stone's. And what's the, what's the purpose of being a stone? To, to, being, to be built up. He's like, he's saying you're bricks. You hearing me? Okay, and what are, what are bricks made for? They're literally made to integrate with other bricks. You hearing me? At home, on your underwear in front of the TV, you're a rolling stone. <laughs> no direction, right? It's just you... You know, how does it feel to be on your own, right? Great song, great theology, okay. Living stones are built up. You're a living stone when you come to church, when you're part of the body of Christ, right? And we belong to one another, and we exist to serve one another. You hearing me? So we're being, there's a mission. Like when you were saved, Acts chapter two says that God added to the church daily such as we're being saved. When God is saving somebody, he's adding them to the church. You hearing me? The reason why I'm just taking a little pause here in this sermon is because I think that our theology has been challenged in the last two years and probably will be continually challenged about why the church even exists. Okay? The, the, the church exists for three reasons. Number one, to minister to the Lord. That's, that is the primary reason that the church exists. That's the first and foremost reason. And if that's all we did, that would still be good enough. If all we did is we, we just came to church and we just worshiped God, that fulfills our primary mission. You hearing me? The, West, the shorter Westminster Catechism. What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to worship God and enjoy him forever. That's the, that is why you live. You are alive to worship God. You hearing me? So, of course, um, individually, I exist to worship the Lord. And corporately, we exist to worship the Lord. You hearing me? If you were wondering, what is my purpose? There it is. <laughs> Look at that. You found your purpose. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. This is the Bible. Okay. So number one. Number two, the purpose of the church is to equip the saints. 
That's why we preach. That's why we share. That's why we have small groups and we have discipleship. We have training tracks and all the other things that we have. Because, hey, that's, we exi- worship Jesus, equip the saints, and then number three, reach the world. Okay, absolutely. So that, that's super important. We're here to welcome people in, to demand that they come in, welcoming them to the Father's table and reaching the world. And you hear me? But the order of priority is so important, and it can't be reversed. And what can happen during you know COVID is it's like, oh, we're at home, and then we're like, oh, you know what? I like being at home. Oh, you know what? What is church? Why do we even gather in the first place? Um, you know, and and online church, man. I'm thankful for online church. It's good stuff. Because, I mean, especially times where, I mean, who knows what the future holds, but online church is like being in the hospital. You're not meant to live there. It's supplemental. You hearing me? Because you're not fulfilling your calling in traction. You know what I mean? When you're laid up and you're like, that's there until you get better, right? But, but we exist to gather. Because we're living stones. It's part of our calling. You hearing me? Like living stones being built up as a spiritual house. So this is a spiritual house. God is building this house and you're a part of this house. So you need to see your calling as God. I exist to worship you. And, and Lord, I, one of my purposes is to be in this church and to, and to be here. To not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I don't care, hell or high water, if the church is open, I'm coming to church because it's part of my calling. You hearing me? Why? You know, built up a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. I am fulfilling my role as a priest when I'm at church. I'm, I'm a priest. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a priest. You're a priest. Hey, the priesthood of the believer is like a primary um, it's like a fundamental principle of the Protestant Reformation. If we stop being priests as Protestants, this thing doesn't work. Are you hearing me? And now, what do priests do? They minister to the Lord, number one, and they minister to others. Are you hearing me? See, so, so when I come to church, I come to church to be a priest. I come in here and I go, Lord, I am here to minister to you. Okay, first and foremost. And I'm going to find somebody to annoy and minister to them too. <laughs> hear me. Some, some, of, some of you are too annoying that way. You know, the parking lot prophet. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I got a word for you. Oh, I'm leaving, you know. <laughs> Not again. Um, I'm kidding. We need, we need, we need prophetic encouragement and affirmation, etc. But what I'm saying here is, my concern is that we live in a consumeristic society. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with consumerism or capitalism because you vote with your dollars, and I think that that's a great idea. You know, if somebody has a horrible restaurant, it should go under. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to reward bad food. I'm going to go where the good food is. You know what I mean? I'm not going to reward a, a horrible experience. You know what I mean? Like, thanks for coming. You know, like, no, I want to go where, welcome. You know, come on in. We're going to take care of you. You're hearing me. We vote with our dollars. And that's, that's a good thing, okay? There's some good things to that. The problem can be, though, when you're a consumer and everywhere you go, you're a consumer. Let's say if we, we end church today and we went down to, 
you know, I'm trying to think of a, a, a restaurant here. Anyways, we go down to Groucho's or Gaucho's or we, downtown. We went last night. And we all fill that place, right? And they are freaking out because there's so many people in there. And, you know, the, the appetizers come late and the appetizers are cold, you know, and, and the, the food's horrible and the service is horrible and they're angry at us. You know, we're going to get on our Yelp review. Do you guys have Yelp in, in Australia? Okay. And we're going to light that place on fire, right? It's going to be like out of five stars, one star. People were horrible. They were rude. The food was horrible. It was cold. You know, da 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 And, and the, the problem is when we begin to bring that attitude and posture into church. You hearing me? So, like, you show up to church on Sunday morning, and you've got your Yelp review, and you're like, I'm here to be served. And, okay, we'll see how this goes. We'll see if I like this. You hear me? Right? And it's like, okay. And, and then they don't sing Good, Good Father. It's your favorite song. So you're like, wow, two stars. Thanks a lot. I didn't know any of those songs. Two stars. No, no, Good, Good, Good Father's the best song ever. What's wrong with you? Right? Then you're like, I, where's Pastor Tony? I don't know who this freak is. I don't like Americans or Canadians. I didn't like his word. It was a little bristling. One star. You know what I mean? Oh, nobody talked to me. There was no free lattes in, in the cafe. It was, the room was a little dark and the music was a little loud. Zero stars never coming back. <laughs> you hearing me? Yes. And, and you see, this, this attitude has crept into the church. Yes. And, and the problem is, you're not a consumer when you come to church. Come you're a priest. Yeah. <laughs> you hearing me? You are called to be in church. It's part of your calling. And you're called to be a priest when you come to church. And so you got to adjust your attitude and your perspective. Go, God, I'm here for you. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. I'm here. I'm on mission. I'm a living stone. This is my church. I'm a priest. I'm here to minister to you. If they're singing Kumbaya, I'm going to worship you, God, because it's not about what I like and my preferences. God, it's about you, your preferences. I'm here to minister to you and yours. I'm going to find somebody to bless. I'm on mission. I'm a priest. I'm a priest, and I'm going to be a priest. All right, let's keep going. Oh, geez, Lord, help me. I'm looking at the time. I'm just like, I don't have enough time. No, I, have, I was given enough time. I'm just a horrible steward of it. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, here we go. What do priests do? They offer spiritual sacrifices. You see in that word, Priests offer spiritual sacrifices. Church, there are sacrifices to be made. That's what priests do. They offer spiritual sacrifices. What kind? Acceptable. <laughs> right? You know, avocado toast. The ones that she likes. The ones that the Lord wants. Okay, next verse. Here we go. Next verse. Expecto Patronum. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, just a little trick to make it go faster. Okay, Psalm 57. <laughs> my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. This is David again. And then he says, awake my glory. Awake my glory. That's weird. Right? Usually the Bible's talking about God's glory. David starts talking to himself and to his glory. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. 
it, we translate it as glory. It literally means wait. Awake, and then he explains to us his glory. He says, awake, O harp and lyre. What are the, some, some of the things we know about David? Like really obvious things. The guy was an insane musician, right? And a songwriter, we, prolific. We have like his entire discography. He was a music producer. He produced these huge events. He invented instruments. The guy was a heavy. He was like the Jimi Hendrix of harp playing. Right? He, so David here, he's getting ready to worship. God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you. And I have my lyre. Oh, look what I've brought. Awake my glory. He opens up his guitar. You know, he puts it on. He you know, plugs it into a Marshall stack. Turns it up to 11. <laughs> God, I'm going to worship you with my glory. The, one of the best things about me, my weight, your, your kabod, your glory, is like it's something that you're known for. Okay? It's a multifaceted word. I'll explain it. But primarily, it's, 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 it's your weight. It's what you bring to a room. If we're at a party, let's say if I'm at Pastor Tony's house and we're having a party and you come in and I go, hey, who's that dude? And Pastor Tony's like, oh, that, that dude's a mechanic and he's awesome and he makes cars sing, dude. And he's, he, he, you know, he's just brilliant. And he's a great golfer. You know, and um, you know, yada, yada, yada. It starts to talk about what you're known for. Your kabod is why somebody would text you and ask you for help. Your kabod is why, you know, you, somebody would call you and go, hey, can you, can you do this, right? That's, that's part of your kabod. It's your weight. It's what you're known for. It's the, you know, the highest flower of your being, so to speak. Kabod is also your dialed inness and your spark. Um, it's when you turn up. I was on staff at a church in New York for a number of years, and we were at a Christmas party in December, obviously. And um, <laughs> it's a detail that I needed to uh, include there. And <laughs> we're in New York, and we're, we're, we're out, and we're having a great time, and people are dancing and just having fun. And, and so this girl um, that worked at the office, she's administrative. That's her job. She was, that was her kabod in the office, right? Her weight is administration, man. She killed it. Uh, but, she, you know, she looked like somebody who's administrative. Do you know what I'm saying? She, she didn't look like somebody who dances. She looks administrative. And I mean that in the most polite way possible. So, uh, <laughs> so her song comes on. Her song comes on. She, she starts to dance. And I remember going, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know, and it was the ugliest and the most beautiful thing in the world at the same time. Have you ever been at a sporting event and, you know, during, during a break, they do the YMCA song and they pan the, the you know, the, the camera to different people and these freaks start doing YMCA. And generally there will be a guy, you know, he has, he's shirtless, he's painted, and he'll just be doing YMCA. And he's a horrible dancer but there's glory in it. There's kabod. You know what I mean? Like he's dialed, he's turned up, he's there, man. And he's a horrible dancer, but it's terrifying and wonderful at the exact same time. Kabod isn't just what you're good at, it's also you being there. One of the ways that I love my wife is by listening to her psychotic dreams. <laughs> she always dreams. Every night, my wife has a dream. I can't remember my dreams ever, but she always, and, she, and they're always crazy dreams, and I know that she always wants to tell me about them at some point in the day. So, you know, we'll be driving along, and I'll be like, hey, you know, t 
tell me about your dream. Did you have a dream last night? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, okay, tell me about it. And she'll be like, I, I was in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I was being chased by a velociraptor. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, wow, okay. What, hap what happened next, dear? <laughs> Paying attention, showing interest, right? Um, and, she, uh, and then, and then uh, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex came and, and started to eat the Velociraptor. And, you know, and I'm like, whoa, wow, you know, and what happened, you know, yeah, what else, you know? And, and then she'll start, you know, trailing on and off, and, and I'll be, you know, keeping us alive. Um, <laughs> So, uh-huh, yep, yep, you know, like, and <laughs> inevitably my wife will be like, Nathan, you know, where are you? <laughs> God is like a woman. He knows when you're not there. <laughs> Point number two, God wants Yod, but he wants Yod with Kabod. He, he wants my hands, absolutely, but he wants my weight. He wants my glory with those hands. I remember my, my first date with my wife. You know, I'm like dialed in, dude. Right? Don't want to miss a thing. Because even when I dream of you. <coughs> that cost me. I'll put some kabod in there for you. <laughs> you're right? You're like, you guys remember that? Remember that first date? And you're like, you are leaning in, dude. There's nothing that exists, only her. And you're just like, I want, I'm here, right? And my wife remembers that. Hello. She, right? She, that's kabod. That's what won her, that dialed inness. And she wants that. God wants y'all with kabod. Maybe your kabod is. You know, there's somebody that's discouraged here this morning. And I say, hey, they are so discouraged. Would you just write a letter to them and just encourage them? And you could, you could just, you're so articulate and you have a gift, man, of encouragement. And you just write a letter and you'd give that letter to them and you would encourage the hell out of them. Yeah. Literally. You know what I mean? Like demons flee when you put pen to paper. You hear me? It's a gift of yours. But in worship... You know, sometimes you're drawing blanks. And God's going, hey, what about me? You hearing me? I, I want kabod. I gave you that kabod. All glory is from the Lord. And, and this is why the Psalms say, give unto the Lord glory. As in, give them give that weight back, that kabod back, that glory, that, those beautiful parts of yourself. Because he's worthy of it. And there's a disconnect in your worship. Maybe your kabod is your, like, you know how to make money. You are brilliant at making money. That's your weight. That's your kabod. There's been a disconnect in your worship. And you're, you're giving God yod, but there's no kabod. And God's going, hey, love the hands. I want them. I, I love them. 
I also want the best parts of you that I've given you in the first place. There's disconnection in you. And I want all of you. Point number three, when you give God Yod with Kabod, you get God with Kabod. Watch this, James chapter four. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Yes, God is omnipresent, but his glory is not. I'm convinced that there's so many Christians that, hey, you're, you're saved, okay? You're, you're not going to hell. But I, I wonder if you've experienced the glory of God in your life. Because God responds, his glory comes to glory. Deep calls to deep. God can show up in your life. What would it look like if God, God's glory began to show up in your life? That's the game changer, man. When people taste that, you know, that's what David was talking about. He said, taste and see, dude. Taste and see. Lean into him. And as you begin to lean it with everything, you begin to experience his everything. When you give God Yod with Kabod, you get God with Kabod. That's insane. That's such a good trade. I want his glory in my life. I need his glory in my life. And this is for every Christian. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Watch the instructions here. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. How do I cleanse my hands? Well, what is given is sanctified. James begins to get into the Yad and Kabod language here. Your hands have been all about you. Maybe it's time to begin to give them to the Lord. Lord, I lift my hands to you because you love them. I'm going to begin to lift my hands a little higher every Sunday. It's what you love. I'm going to give them to you. And God, the work of my hands that you've been establishing, I'm going to give that to you too. Lord, I've been serving me for so long. And God, I'm re I repent today. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. And I'm sorry for the thing that I've made it. It's about you, God. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Purify your kabod. What is given is sanctified. God, my, my heart and my weight and my focus has been all me. And God, there's, there's pieces of my heart that I've drawn a line across and I've said, you can't come into here. In my relationship with my wife, it's joint bank accounts, baby. She has access to everything, and it's scary. <laughs> she has my credit cards right now. She's probably paying $37 for avocado toast at the moment. <laughs> it's concerning. <laughs> but that's what a relationship is. A relationship. You want a relationship with God where he begins to lead? You want his glory in your life? See, when I bring kabod to Jasmine, I get Jasmine's kabod. Yeah. Hello. That's how it works. When I bring intimacy to a relationship, I receive intimacy. 
And we have an opportunity, like this amazing opportunity to experience the glory of God. As a church, as a people, yeah, I'm not going to switch off. And I do. Oh, I do. I'm like an ADD worshiper. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm here, but sometimes I'm not here. And, and my worship is like my relationship to my wife. It's like continual repentance. <laughs> you know, babe, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Where were we? Where were we? Okay. The Velociraptors, the, the Stegosaurus came in. And okay. Wow. Stegosaurus. I love them. They're cute little creatures. And pointy backs. That's great. And what happened? Right? I'm, I'm back. Right? I'll be worshiping. God, I'm back. I'm back. I've been thinking about this whole Djokovic thing. It's got me bothered. What is the court going to do? Lord, I'm back. I'm back. Lord, I'm worshiping here. I'm ministering to you. God, I'm back. I, I haven't been faithful in my giving, but I'm back. I'm back. I, I've not been perfect. God's not looking for perfect. He's looking for a pulse. He's looking for a lean-in. You hear me? God, I'm back. God, I've been making church about me. I've been making church about me, but what, what can I get from it? And, you know, trying to make it suit all my preferences. And I'm back. I'm back. Lord, I repent. Forgive me. I'm back. I'm back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's, it's about you and yours. You and yours. I got to repent. I'm back. You hearing me? Why don't you stand up, church? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you that you are here. This is a church that leans in. This is a worshiping church. And Father, if there's been places in our hearts, places in our life where we've, we've denied you access, God, we repent today. Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts all over this room right now. And he's, he's underlining, right? He's got a highlighter out. He speaks better than anything. And he's, he's just circling some things. You can sense it right now. The Lord's speaking to you about specific things. You have the Spirit of God in you. He's speaking to you right now. I, I want this. I I'm after this. If you sense the Spirit of God just, just bringing con conviction, because, he, because the reason why he'd do it is because he loves you and he, he just wants you to receive more of him. Right? If you sense that, just lift your hands to the Lord and just go, God, I'm, 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 there's some place, I'm, repentance is happening today. God, I'm returning to, uh, I, I'm going to be a worshiper. Lord, I've been ADD and God, I'm, give, I'm back. Lord, I'm back in my giving. God, I'm back in giving of my time. Lord, forgive me for the way that I've been thinking about your church, treating your church, thinking about this church, thinking about my time, treating my life like it was my own. It's not, I've been bought with a price that belongs to you. And God, I'm going to be a worshiper who worships you in spirit and in truth. God, I'm going to give you the avocado toast. What you've asked for, Lord, if you want hands, I'm giving them to you. God, if you want my money, I'm going to give it to you. God, if you want my time, God, my life is yours. Father, we cross a line today. We, we repent and we cross a line. We say, God, we belong to you. 
Jesus, we belong to you. Our lives are yours. God, we want your glory. We want to experience your lean in. Father, thank you that you're faithful to lean in. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. You know why we lift our hands to the Lord? Because every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. Every acceptable sacrifice. You look from the Old Testament to the New. Every single time that we bring a sacrifice that honors the Lord, He shows up. And every time we mail something in, He doesn't show up. He's faithful to show up when we, when we honor Him. And He's faithful to not show up when we don't. Every acceptable... What, what encouragement... That when I lift my hands to the Lord and, and I bring my, my kabod, that he'll show up. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. That is the type of, of boldness that we can have before the Lord today. God, I know that, that you're responding from heaven with fire. As I lift my hands to you and I lift my life to you, God, that you're going to respond. God, I don't know when it's coming. I don't know where it's coming, but I know that you are returning fire from heaven. God, you're showing up. You're leaning in. God, I need you. Father, thank you that you're faithful to show up as we lean in. You lean in. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.